Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast, and I am your host Dia. Today we're going to be talking about how can we begin to notice the difference between the voice of ego versus intuition. If you're new here, or maybe you skipped last week's episode, I do encourage you to listen to episode 14 because we talked about how to open a direct line of communication with our ego, um, inner child, and our intuition. And I go a little bit in depth on how those three different voices show up in our daily experiences and what function each of those voices serve. I think that when we are not making a conscious effort to really sit with ourselves and sort of tune our antenna into our inner voices, many of us will often mistake our ego as our intuition. Or better yet, our ego, the voice of our ego is so loud and we have these internal speakers just on full volume blasting all day, which basically is spinning us around and around, creating a lot of pain, fear, insecurity, anger, frustration, confusion, etc., etc. Before we dive into today's topic, I would love to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Just look up Pass Back to You and send a request to join. I would love to create a community of genuine safety, openness, and support for all of us that are on this journey together. It is a private group, so whatever we share can only be seen by approved members. Um, also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram so we can better stay connected. I generally share on there sort of additional resources or just really fun insights or ideas uh, because since the podcast only releases one episode per week at the moment and on Instagram it's going to be at paths underscore back to you so that's p-a-t-h-s underscore back to you so what is ego and what is intuition let's take a closer look at both of them there's definitely a sort of bad rep in spirituality and psychology when it comes to ego. It's kind of a sticky word. And I do respect and agree with most of it, a lot of it, but I can't help but see that as we are all human beings, it is inevitable that we all have a pretty damn loud ego. And if we follow what some of those spiritual scriptures suggest, which is you must kill the ego, well, then I feel super grateful because the ego is quite loud and we can definitely use that to notice it because after all, we can't kill an enemy that we cannot see, right? But either way, I do want to invite us to look at ego differently because I truly do believe that behind every single challenge, every mistake, every shadow, there is a gift waiting for us to discover. So it is the same with our ego. Our ego genuinely wants to protect us and it can be really sassy at times definitely super defensive it wants justice and revenge it wants to feel envy and jealousy it wants to protect our inner child but let's ask this question but at what cost i read a story yesterday in the book called letting go by david hawkins and basically, there's a story of these two brothers who didn't speak to each other for 23 years because of some disagreement that they had that they don't even remember what it was about. So eventually, one of them realized, or maybe he started to learn about this 
um, idea of letting go. And he realized he was missing out and he'd already missed out on so much precious years, so many experiences he could have shared with his brother. So he began to allow his pride anger to go. And so as he began to do this, it triggered something inside his brother as well. So both of them started to soften towards one another. Eventually, one of them remembered why they hadn't spoken in 23 years. And it was because of an argument over a pair of sneakers. (laughs) Now, unfortunately for them and their very dramatic story, 23 years of not speaking to your brother sounds pretty awful. But this is a pretty good albeit dramatic example of how our ego thinks it knows best for us and convinces us to hold on to those beliefs. But again, at what cost? Our ego is reactive. It's insistent. It's loud and it's impatient. And the reason why it's so prominent, and I'll even go as far as to say popular in today's spirituality and psychology realm, is because there's so many of us have a hard time realizing or recognizing that our internal dialogues are just and only a part of us. Because much of those thoughts are generated by very strong emotions and feelings, which are generated from much repressed, hidden, or suppressed pain, they become so loud and so powerful that we think there's no way this voice is not 100% me. It's very hard for us to digest this idea that somehow all the voices in our heads is not us, but just a part of us. Essentially, we have forgotten the empowered inner guidance, intuition, our essence that sits at this place of groundedness, of a lot of compassion, of softening, and of witnessing. Instead of being a witness to the drama, Instead of finding space between the parts of us that are hurting and the core essence of us that is always at peace, we become so enmeshed with our ego and inner child and our stories and conditioning that we often find ourselves flailing around and drowning. The ego prevents us from what we actually want. Here's an example. Let's say that a very deep core belief or fear you have is the fear of not being loved, that somehow no one will ever love you because perhaps you grew up with the experiences and reinforcement that showed you you had to be somebody different to be loved, you had to behave a certain way or please people or put on a show to feel and be loved. Eventually, those things become instilled deep inside of you. Yet it remains in your unconscious mind and gets played out every day in your relationships and with situations. So I use this example because I think that a lot of us have this fear. We might not ever admit it. We might not even recognize that as part of our fear. But let's be honest, um, even if you had the most perfect parents, the most woke parents, a lot of times children still, in fact, inherit a lot of ancestral trauma or just pain and fears and belief systems that are kind of inevitable as part of the human experience. So I do have this fear of being unlovable as part of my old belief system. And I say old, but in fact, I'm still working on this every day. (laughs) So how does the ego prevent us from what we want? Well, deep down, holding hands with that big fear of being unlovable is what? It's a strong desire to be loved, right? 
to find relationships, whether it's romantic and family or friends or coworkers, to find in relationships where we feel loved, where we can just be authentically us without having to put on a mask, without transactions, to be loved just by being who we are. The ego knows this fear and it desperately wants to protect us. So it can show up by urging us to subconsciously put on a mask when we meet people, even when we know people. It shows up by not allowing us to be vulnerable. It shows up as getting defensive and taking everything personally and so, so much more. And in all of these ways, our ego urges for self-protection It is in those very same actions and reactions that we also generally push people away. We lie to ourselves and we lie to other people about what we really want, who we really are, and we create this invisible wall or this resistance or distance for true, genuine, deep connection. A connection that is unafraid, that is open and compassionate. Have you ever met someone and became friends with them and somehow even though you get along great and you have a lot of fun together, you might have even gotten into some trouble together and saw through it together, yet you get this distinctive sense that you don't really know them. Like somehow they've concealed a part or parts of themselves and you just haven't been let in. This can feel really discouraging and painful, whether you are the person feeling locked out or you're the friend that's so afraid of being hurt or seen that you choose not to let other people see you fully in your wholeness, in your pretty and in your ugly. And if at this point you're like, well, I don't want to just show up to everybody with my guts and heart out or my heart on my sleeve, there are billions of people on this planet we're not meant to be liked or appreciated by every single person. And we also are not meant to get along or appreciate everyone we meet. There are people that if we do allow ourselves to show up authentically, and of course, responsibly, meaning we take responsibility for our actions and our feelings, if we do those things, we are bound to find our people. In fact, I hope this podcast and its growing community can be one of those places for you listening right now. So let's take a look at intuition. What is intuition? It certainly has a lot of different names. We call it the gut feeling, higher self, inner guidance, a deep knowing, spirit, soul, essence, etc, etc. And you'll hear me referring to a number of those names as I talk about intuition. Intuition is quiet. It's calm. It does not insist. It's a soft whisper which is why we often have a hard time tuning into it, especially if we have loud egos or inner child. It is the unconditionally loving mother or father that everybody always wanted. It is the essence that truly knows what is best for us and when to actually experience fear and get out of a bad situation. So to differentiate the two, I'll give you an example of my own recent experience. I was in the shower and as some of you might have this experience, we kind of think and let our thoughts run free while we're taking a shower because it's such an automatic um, activity. So I was ruminating in my mental space, thinking about stuff in circles when this very strong urge came to me that I had to tell this person something. 
I began to feel my heart race. I was so pumped up and ready to say some stuff. I wanted to express anger, frustration, pain, and the more energy I fed to this voice, it was like cheerleading it on. And the louder it got, and the more I thought for sure this is a gut feeling or intuition. So I immediately grabbed my phone after I got out of the shower, and I was about to start write a very long essay and send to that person. Now, when I grabbed my phone, first of all, I couldn't get my phone screen to go on. That was the first clue. Sometimes there's very little clues and things around us giving us these signs, and we just don't really listen or pay attention or trust them. So of course the ego was very insistent. It was like, keep trying, keep trying, get your phone to work. You gotta say your piece. You gotta share your thoughts right now. So I did eventually get my phone screen to turn on, but because I had been more conscious and aware and doing self work lately, I did have a moment where I took a pause. And there is always that moment. This is the moment where we can invite in. Intuition, where we can open up space for something other than chatter, fear, insecurity. Instead, we create the space in that moment to invite in our higher self. So I quieted the voices in my head, and I literally said out loud to my inner guidance, which I have named Freya. If you're curious about what I'm talking about, listen to episode 14 on naming our inner voices. So my inner guidance is named Freya, and I asked, "Wait a minute, do you not want me to send this message? Is it better if I waited?" And this very calm inner voice came over. It was quiet and it was patient, and the thought that showed up was, "What's the rush? Give it space. Give it time." If you're confused about. Me hearing a voice—it's not like I heard somebody else speaking outside of myself. It's more like a thought occurred in my mind, and I know that you know if you're not used to observing your thoughts, sometimes this can sound really confusing. Like I'm hearing something psychically, but it's really just your own thoughts showing up in your mind. So when this very calm thought came on that asked, "What's the rush?" At first, I resisted it because I had been so pumped up just a few minutes ago, ready to fire up the engines and speak my mind. But here's where awareness and self-discipline came in handy. I decided to honor that voice, and I set my phone down, and I still felt some heat, you know, or energy that was built up inside my body. But instead of reacting to that or acting out from that, I just observed it. I allowed it to exist. I calmed down my breathing, and eventually, that strong, strong desire to send that message just dissipated. And then I was able to resume doing whatever else I had planned before. Now, a day later, I realized it was definitely a good thing that I waited. I eventually got to say my piece, but I would have propelled myself into this emotional roller coaster for me and for the other person had I given to the voice of my ego. And the parts of me that was looking for drama and conflict the day before. I give you that example to show you how truly you shouldn't blame yourself or anyone else if they have or you have a hard time distinguishing between ego and intuition. Ego can really sound and even feel like a gut feeling because sometimes it is so forceful and powerful. 
like a warning bell. It's like wanting to scratch an unbearable itch or wanting to grab that drink, even though you know it's ultimately not the best choice. So one way we can better tune into our intuition is by consciously allocating a bit of your time every day or every week, whenever you can, to just learn to sit with yourself. It could be sitting in meditation or just laying down on the couch or the bed, staring up at the ceiling. Become aware and familiar with what chatter sounds like. You know, the random thoughts that pop in and out of your head, reminding you to take out the garbage, get lunch or any other thing on your to-do list. Pay attention to what those sound like. Maybe it's some insecurities popping up. You start getting scared about something you didn't take care of. And I understand meditation is not easy. I totally get that. But if you just stick to it, dedicate some time for the self-love act. There will be moments. If you just keep practicing and showing up that one day, perhaps when you're sitting or laying down, maybe you're laying down under a tree, that usually helps speed up the process of clearing thoughts in your head, that a wave of serenity and knowingness might wash over you. And even if it's just momentarily, before all of your thoughts rush back in again, you will have a taste and experience of that state of being that is just being. Not doing, not feeling, not thinking, just being, just existing. And you would notice a distinctive difference of that state of being versus when you're agitated, fearful, confused, and when your thoughts are just running overload. Another way we can better tune into our intuition is what I talked about in my last episode, by naming them. Name the ego, the inner child, and your inner guidance. Because as humans, when we name things, we can consciously open up a line of communication that is more solid and more tangible for us to comprehend and play around with. Just like when you name your car and you talk to it when you're nervous in traffic or, you know, whatever. And it's a good reminder for us, especially when we're caught up in our feelings, in the feels, our emotions, It's helpful in those moments for us to distinguish which voice is talking right now. For example, my ego is named Cassie and she is sassy. She is here to fight, here to defend, here to create fear and doubt and insecurity in my mind. And when I catch myself spiraling in those emotions and thoughts, I acknowledge her. I say, hey, Cassie, I hear you. I feel you. And I'm here to sit with you. But let's invite Freya, aka my higher self, in here to guide us. It's not always easy, especially if the conflict you're in or that toxic thought pattern you're in is really tied deeply to a pain or fear that you have. But what I do know is, and I can attest to this as someone who's had so much issue around navigating my ego and my inner child, I have felt my inner guidance. And she was so, or she is so at ease. She does not fight. She doesn't push. She's not fire or water or air or earth. She is the canvas that holds all of those aspects. She's the calm water to the waves, the clear blue sky to the clouds. She is simply there. And when we tap into that state of mind or being, there is no urgency There's no anxiety, fear, or discomfort. There's just a soft relaxing, a release, letting go, a letting air out of the tire. And when we are in that seat, when we return and give the steering wheel 
over to our inner guidance. The answer that has our best intention and is the most beneficial to us can be heard so much more clearly. It could be seen. It could be felt. This all depends on how your intuition shows up. And when that happens, our conscious mind has to make a choice. Do we revert back to our ego and fulfill what it wants, act out in defensiveness and anger and blame and shame? Or do we acknowledge the wounded parts of us without attachment, without judgment? We don't run. We don't hide. We don't avoid it or try to numb it. We don't allow it to take over the steering wheel. We're just there. We just sit here and witness the waves of emotion and thoughts and allow that part of us that is always present and always at peace to come in and guide us to a better course of responsible action or reaction. Because fulfilling what our ego wants, honestly, will always feel kind of good momentarily because it feels justifying. We get to play victim. We get to blame other people. We get to shame other people and ourselves. And believe it or not, if we're used to those kinds of conditioning and patterns, it will feel good. Good is, of course, spoken in quotations. (laughs) But it feels good because you've just gotten to scratch that itch. But as we know what people say about scratching bug bites, it generally agitates it even more and it helps us heal way slower. But ooh, is it hard to not want to scratch that itch? It also feels good to give in to our ego or old patterns because it feels safe. It's what we've known. It's what we've observed in other dynamics from childhood, from family, from other people. It's how we've gotten attention before. It's how we've gotten quote unquote love before. It's how we might have gained sympathy from other people, perhaps even pity from other people. But at the end of the day, we are expressing ourselves at a much lower frequency because those expressions and those actions are born out of fear, desperation, anger, helplessness, sadness, victim narratives, etc., etc. And when our entire system and our entire being continues to give out the signal, it is generally what we happen to keep attracting more of. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm not into fear as a way of motivation. This is not saying don't ever think or do anything negative. Even the universal law of attraction is here to help us. So if you do feel like you're always attracting the same types of toxic people or men or women or relationships or angry strangers that likes to yell at you or conflicts, ask yourself, why are you a match for those energies? What is the gift that they're here trying to show you or us? A lot of times, especially in our romantic relationships or any relationships that are really close to us in which we interact in all the time, it is here to show us and allow us the awareness to heal whatever inner child wounds we've collected, whatever belief systems that needs to be knocked down and reframed. This is a quote by Mark Groves. Until we become conscious of it, This is what relationships ultimately are, patterns. And those patterns are always an invitation to heal and to meet ourselves. When the pattern stops and the healing takes place, well, that's when the love really begins. And 
the healing begins when we can start to recognize the difference between our core essence and that of our ego. Instead of resisting, repressing, or adding more frustration when we become aware of this ego or these internal dialogues, sit in that discomfort. It's not going to feel good initially because most of us have managed to run away or push it away or numb it away for so long. But make a promise to yourself right now that you will no longer run away from yourself. You will no longer run away from the parts of you that wants so desperately to be looked at, that is asking for your love. If we keep allowing the ego to take the wheel, or if we keep numbing or distracting ourselves from those deep wounds and belief systems, we cannot reap the benefit of our powerful inner guidance, our intuition, this essence and this voice that can guide us to the people that will see us, embrace us, and to the jobs and careers that can bring us joy and fulfillment, or any aspect of our life, really. Anything that aligns with what we're here to do in this lifetime, what we are here to experience, what that goodness feels like and what it looks like. Look at everything as a journey. Don't try to arrive at a destination because it's kind of sad, right? If you got to the end of the destination, it's finished. You know, don't try to attain something. I know that a lot of the people go into spirituality hoping to attain enlightenment or attain enlightenment. And that's wonderful. And obviously, I would love that. But if we are, you know, at the beginning of our journey, if you are like I am, then see it as this journey. You know, like right now, listening to this episode, you're dedicating time for you. You love yourself enough that you want to know how to understand and distinguish your ego versus intuition. So see it as a dance, a playful experiment, a way to get to know ourselves deeper instead of turning away from the shadow, the belief systems that needs to be first accepted, examined, and then reframed. This is the first step. This desire for something else than what you've been doing over and over and over and hasn't worked. And I'm here to tell you, as someone who struggled a lot in all the areas that I talk about, our conditioned reactions and patterns can be changed, even though sometimes it feels so difficult don't ever let anyone or yourself tell you that people cannot change. It is true that we cannot change anybody else, but we can 100% rewire our neural pathways to connect new different ways of thinking. That's automatic, not forced. The more we practice these things, the more natural it becomes. It becomes our automatic response. And we can definitely reprogram those belief systems that do not serve us, that perhaps we didn't want in the first place. We can let those belief systems go. Whatever does not align with who we are right now at this moment or who we want to be. We can definitely acknowledge our ego without becoming attached or identified with it. And we can take steps towards creating the relationships and the life that we desire to feel at ease, to feel like everything flows for you, to feel like the universe is, has your back, which it does. We just often don't think that or don't see it until in hindsight. And to feel excitement and wonder at rediscovering who we are and what we're made of and what parts of us that wants to be healed. So if you can, make a commitment to yourself today, right now, 
to start becoming more aware of the voice of the ego. And when you begin to get pulled back into the same old reactive patterns, see if you can create some space. That's all. Open your heart a little bit more, even though and especially when all it wants to do is close up. See if you can meet even your ego with compassion and examine the gift that it brings to all of us. And to take it one step further, build a strong working relationship, a respectful partnership with your intuition, with your inner guidance. Things will begin to flow. Things will begin to align. This is not an easy journey. Well, let me reframe that. It can be easy and it can be fun. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's easy because challenges aren't. But if we can reframe those challenges as opportunities, it might feel easy for you. And it definitely is fun. So meet your own Cassie and your own Freya. Love your inner child. Promise to hear him or her. Promise to see them. Promise to sit with them and to hold them and to heal them. Promise that starting from right now, you will never abandon or run away from yourself again. That the love and connection that you so deeply desire and want to build with others really truly begins with you. If you want to be loved and you have fear of abandonment issues, look at all the ways that you have abandoned yourself or have not loved yourself fully. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And again, please join our Facebook group. I think there's now about eight or nine of us in there. So if you want to jump at that OG crew wagon, make sure to do that soon. And find us on Instagram at paths underscore back to you. You can also send over emails to paths back to you at gmail.com. And I will talk to you all in the next episode.